you have made another excellent choice by deciding to listen to the Untitled Film Project podcast with Justin Bradford, Jeremy K. Gover, and myself, Jim Chandler. This week, we're talking about Don't Worry, Darling, directed by Olivia Wilde, starring Florence Pugh, Harry Styles, Chris Pine, and Olivia Wilde in front of the camera as well. Uh, a seemingly utopian society in which everybody is living in the 50s, uh, the wives are happy yet subservient to their husbands who all work at a mysterious job that they don't talk about. But do they have any wants? No, this is a fantastic place. But there's a dark secret brewing behind it all. And don't worry, darling, is going to be dissected along with some of the behind the scenes drama. All right, before we get into the uh, initial takes of Don't Worry Darling, there is a lot of behind-the-scenes drama making of this film in the uh, publicity for this film and everywhere in between that really hyped up this movie way beyond it's just normally it's got Harry Styles, the biggest music star in the world, (laughs) in it. Uh, And I don't think it can be dismissed from our conversation. Uh, We cannot separate them. It is in the real world. Jeremy K. Gover, you're looking at me like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I am completely unfamiliar with anything that's happened other than I saw a tweet with a video the day of the premiere. That's the only thing I've known. So you're going to be educating me. And maybe okay. the maybe the the listener knows more than potentially, I, but, potentially. But that's okay. just how, you know. I don't know. So doing morning radio, this uh, movie has popped up in conversation <laughs> for months. Has it now? So much has uh, <laughs> developed, and they're all big name stars. Olivia Wilde is directing this film. It's her production, and originally cast as the husband of Florence Pugh was Shia LaBeouf. Uh, Shia LaBeouf, at the time of this filming, was at the darkest, most horrible, uh, he will tell you, his he was the worst human being in the world, okay? Uh, but the initial scandal was, uh, <laughs> was he fired from this movie, or did he walk away from this movie? Mm-hmm. Originally, Olivia Wilde portrayed that, that she fired Shia LaBeouf. Uh, uh, But someone had receipts. But somebody had receipts. And guess what? Shia LaBeouf, who has since, by the way, kind of turned his life around, and I hope that continues. And he is admitting everything except things that aren't true, which was he said he was not fired from the movie. He had video that Olivia Wilde sent to him after he had left production, seeing if there was some way she could get him to come back. She's saying, I will work with Flo, re- referencing Florence Pugh. We're going to get this ironed out. Please come back. So it doesn't look like he was fired. Olivia Wilde, she spun a tail there. She did. And then you have people that track celebrities and who they follow and unfollow on Instagram and everything, too, and that there's beef between Florence Pugh and Olivia Wilde based on who's getting tagged in things, how people are interacting together on that. There's also the the spit 
<laughs> yes, with Harry and Chris Pine at the at, the premi- uh, at one of the at the premiere film, film festivals. Yeah. Uh, and then what's here's the hilarious part though is if you go to Nick Kroll's social media, <laughs> and it. as he love and his it. wife are pulling up, people are wondering if it's Harry Styles. You can see all the fans wondering, is it Harry's Harry? He's like, nope, not me. We're not the drama. I mean, he's they're literally doing a commentary on all the drama <laughs> surrounding the film <laughs> as they're pulling up in their limo to the premiere and they're laughing about it because nobody knows like, nobody knows who we are because <laughs> they don't it's, it's a bunch of harry styles fans they don't know who nick kroll is <laughs> and let's bring in one of the other really big ones olivia wilde and harry styles are a couple now yes now since that movie okay they have been a couple olivia wilde was married to jason sudeikis or they weren't married. They were uh, a domestic couple that mm. had children together. They were possibly still together when she and Harry Styles became a couple on the set of this film. So He's intoxicating. I get it. I, I, I jump over some pretty nasty, sharp things to get to him. He's, <laughs> he's a heck of a man. But some people had speculated Florence Pugh didn't like what she saw as far as infidelity. Mm-hmm. So mm. But it's mm. all guessing. And a lot of the world uh, doesn't like Olivia Wilde because she's in real life dating Harry Styles, who is their boyfriend, and he's going to marry me someday. So there was a lot of drama. So with that, I think knowing this drama now, and it's not deep within, I'd like to hear Gover's take first. Yeah. Because he didn't have all this drama knowledge going in, and as the marketing behind this too, just get a raw take on what Jeremy thought about the film and i gotta be real i don't care no i know i know and see that's why that I does, it doesn't affect my view of the film because i was watching still sure. going hmm 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 a little <laughs> just a little bit i couldn't dismiss it completely yeah it's hard to dismiss but for a guy who went in fresh yep. with none of that stuff very curious what do you think i just thought it was a really a really solid film i thought the performances were great i i was surprised by harry styles chops he didn't really have a whole lot of range until the car scene in the middle, I'll leave that as vague as possible. Yeah, I'll say <clears throat> not much uh, was asked of Harry Styles, uh, the role. So, like, when he when the role called upon him to give more. He did. He did. Yeah, I, and I thought it was, it was 100% believable, and I was almost shocked that he could deliver that kind of performance. Whereas Florence Pugh, I expected that. And the whole movie is set up for her to... This is her have, movie. Yeah, it's very much her if, movie. If you're thinking it's a Harry Styles movie, it's not. Right. Florence Pugh, it, this whole movie is told from her point of view. That's right. And I just thought it was really, really solid. I really enjoyed it. I've already told my wife that I want to go watch I want her to watch it with me. I want to share that with somebody. Yes. That's about it. It's not, you know, it's not a great film. It's not like, oh, I'm going to go right home about this and it's going to be my top 100 movies of all time. It, it's not that, but... I would not be surprised if Florence Pugh was nominated for an Oscar, and I would not be surprised, unfortunately, if Harry Styles was nominated for an Oscar, because, again, he only had really, to me, the one scene, so he could be a Best Supporting Actor nominee, something like that. That's fine. But overall, I left thinking about it for quite a while. Interesting. And that's a mark of a good film. They definitely wanted you to do that. Yeah, and and I did. So it was good. But I, I, I'll I'll have a couple of nitpicky things later. Sure. That we'll get to, but, um, but I overall, solid film. Go see it. Justin Bradford, initial take on Don't Worry, Darling. From the first trailer, I was very intrigued. As we saw, there's a touch of Stepford, a touch of, hmm, what's this? Intrigue. It was a lot of intrigue as to what was 
being produced here and what they were trying to accomplish. Well, watching the film, what I think was a, was fantastic was one was Florence Pugh. Uh, we see her chops because, especially if you're a Marvel fan, yep. seeing what she's able to do in that universe with her comedic timing, what she did with her debuts, how she's able to do action and comedy, and then you see here where it's way more dramatic and range of emotions. It is showing the acting chops on Florence Pugh and how absolutely gorgeous she is on screen, how she can command. She's captivating. She's so captivating and what she's able to accomplish on the screen. And not just that, but what I enjoyed about the film was, don't worry guys, but the music and the audio editing because the creep factor was intensified oh, it was awesome. by the music and the sound. It was awesome. The choice of music film. In contrast to what you're seeing on screen, yes, choice of music is like happy days, you know, and uh, what you're seeing is very unsettling going along with that music and, and giving you like all kinds of feels. But and, even but even using her like expression or a breath as the music, yeah, yes. during the tense scene, that was spectacular. And the, the slow buildups of music and sound effects. To just increase it because it made the hair on the back of my neck rise a little bit too at certain moments because it's setting you up for something. Even if nothing happens, it is still saying this is an important part of the plot to this film. Pay attention. This is creepy. (laughs) And they did a great job of that. That's what I enjoyed, I think, the most was the actual cinematography the the way it was put together with, with the audio, with the editing of that as well too. Another thing that there are so many problems with in films, too, if we can't hear <laughs> what people are saying. Yes. I thought we could clearly understand what the actors were saying and the way that it was pushed out there. I thought it was a neat take as well, too, that this is taking place, which, spoilers, you already know this, they're in a simulation of the 50s. But you can tell that there's something off given how free they are with, with sex, with sex appeal, with nakedness. Yep. Even though you don't necessarily see it, you see that portrayed in terms of Florence Pugh and Harry Styles' characters, how openly they are with, with, with sex, and you see the topless woman at the at the pool. Yep. You see how the, the words and language they're using isn't necessarily 50s language, so you know something's up right away. Like, pretty quickly, you know something's up, that it's not truly in the 50s. It Plus, doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. And, and that's you, how you know. You can't quite put your finger on it. Yep. Then, Chris Pine... I. I really liked him as Kirk in the, in the Star Trek reboots, but he played off that, that creepy, overseeing fellow pretty well. Um, I, I really like the cast. There's another one that I just I like the casting overall in this yeah. and, and how they fit well together. And I know Nick Kroll, people are like, well, why is he in there? Who cares? Who cares? Why he's in there? I, he was a very, very minor role. What kind of question is that? I know, I know. People, but people are. He's, he's such a. Known comedically, right. right? So known comedically, uh, right? But, so God but, forbid he's in a dramatic, piece. right? Yeah, yeah. It's not like we haven't had almost every great comedian give a incredible dramatic dramatic performance, right? I mean, not that this this movie called for that, but from his I mean, character especially, yeah, from his character, it's a minor character, right? Uh, but he played it out well, which actually furthers my point. If he's such a minor character, why do you what do you care? Why are you focused right, I know it's people being people. But yeah. then what I did start to pull in too was this take on society as well, because then it flashes to the real world. Present and, day. Yes, and Jack, Harry Styles' character, you know, not having the connection with Alice, with Florence Pugh's character in the real world because she's work she's a doctor, 
She's working in the OR all the time. He's unemployed, but yet he is watching these YouTube videos and just having misinformation just plowed right into his head. And it is feeding him so much to the point that he basically kidnaps his ex to force her into a simulation. And then you're like, where, wait a second. Where he has where, it the way he wants He it. has the control, yet he still has to take care of her by giving her water through a washcloth, dripping it into her mouth. And it makes you wonder, too, the question of, well, what exactly are the men doing? Is that what they're doing when they go to work? Is that they're actually feeding, hydrating, cleaning their women that are laying on a bed in a simulation? Is that what their job is? So there's so many question marks, and that's what I think overall I did like is that, yes, we got a little bit of ending with her <gasps> breath yeah. at the end, but there's still so many questions left unanswered that allow us to discuss the film. That's what I like about films, like Inception. Yeah. there You, you have a really good inkling, but there's still so much left to discuss and have discourse on. That's why that's why I enjoy the movie. Like Gover, is that, do I think this is a, one of the best movies of all time? No. It's worthy of discussion. I like the plot. I like the acting performance. I like the film in general of itself. Is it one of my favorites? No. Will I watch it again? Maybe just to find other little things that might be plot points or foreshadowing of what was going on. Right. But overall, I did enjoy the film for what it was. It met overall my expectations of creep factor, going in and exploring this a little bit too, having a twist, everything of that sort. But yeah, that that was my general take on it that allows us to have discourse. I think that's what makes overall a quote-unquote successful film to allow us to discuss it. Uh, this is Jim, and I uh, sort of enjoyed the movie. The look of it was was tremendous. The production design was incredible. It, it was a it's it's a visual treat to look at. My OCD was very happy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, everything was was neat and orderly and perfect, and uh, I really thought the casting was very good. Florence Pugh. I've been a huge fan of hers for a very long time. Uh, before you know her appearances in Marvel, uh, you know whether it be uh, in Little Women, Midsummer, she's done so many different projects, and she does every one of them very well. And she carries this movie very well because I think this whole movie rests on Florence Pugh having those feelings of something's wrong in this universe that we live in here, this paradise. And if you feel what she feels, then the movie has done its job and she has done the movie a tremendous favor. I, w- I have some problems with the ending, which, as we know, the whole movie is leading us to the plot twist of mm-hmm. this is actual virtual reality. I'll get into my feelings about that and how that forms my ultimate score for the movie coming up. But those are my initial impressions. It was pretty good. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Can we talk about the ending real quick? Yeah, let's do it. So, Okay, so I had a problem with the end, like you guys had mentioned. She wakes up, and then what? But on the drive home, I realized... As an audience member, I don't need to know what happened. That's not part of the story. She wakes up, and that's the point. She did not die right. in the simulation. And right. I don't need to know if she got her job back as a doctor. I don't need to know that she was that she was missing in the real world for however long. I don't need to know that she removes the body of her, of her boyfriend. <laughs> I don't need to know that she was missed. I don't need to know how she continued with her life. I don't need to know any of that. Well, that's all for the sequel. Seriously, don't worry, darling. <laughs> 
I don't even have a comment for that. It's so bad. Yeah, that was really yeah uh, abusive. Oh, <laughs> no, but you're right. We don't we don't have to know. The whole point of it was: does she escape dying in the simulation, and then both of them die, and that's the end of it? Right. And but she wakes up. You hear the breath, and it goes t- in title screen. And I had a in the theater. I was like, wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. I need. You want a closure? How, yeah. How how did she get out of bed? Did she see that it's him in real life? Does she does she second guess that it's real life? Like we, there's a psychological aspect sure. there. Like okay, well, like you, Inception. You, you've lived well, in this for so long, you don't know what's real, what isn't. Right. There's all these things. We and definitely I'm, have Florence Pugh is uh, a possible unreliable narrator. Okay. Because mm-hmm. the movie is being told through her. So. If she doesn't understand what's going on, maybe she wasn't relaying to us exactly what the reality was. Mm-hmm. Right. So, but on the way home again, that you know, twenty minutes later, or whatever, I just realized I don't need to know. I thought that was a that was a mark of a good film, yeah. because one, I'm thinking about it still, but also, and maybe more so, you know, they always say that what's the old adage in media? It's like, oh, leave them wanting more. You always leave yeah. them wanting more, right? And I wanted more. I wanted more of the story. I wanted to know how she survived. I wanted to know how what she. What her state was when she woke up and took off all the crap and to back to reality. Did she get her job back? All those things. I wanted to know all that. How has she survived? How has she gone to the bathroom while she's been in bed the whole time? <laughs> right. How is she at work? How has she, how. Ke- she kept herself? You see what I'm saying? Like all these things. Yes. But I don't need to know any of that. That's not the point of the movie. And so therefore, I, I, I'm, I'm okay with it. Is what I'm trying, My I'm bigger question yeah. that I wanted to pose to both of you is not focused on Florence Pugh, but focused on Gemma Chan's character. Killing Chris Pine's character, Cersei, in the Eternals, by the way. Yes, mm-hmm. and but, uh, but, also uh, a major role in the TV series The Humans. Yes. Uh, human. So, her character coming to realization: How long did she know? We know that Olivia Wilde's character knew the whole time. She was fine with that, though, because it allowed her to spend time with her children that had died. Yes, but which Jim was had, great closure on that character. Yes, I mean, great I mean, closure. Not closure, but a, but a great. A great reason why. An understanding. Why. You're like, okay, I get you, yep. but she's also trying to save Florence Pugh's character as well. It's like, right. look, you need to get out of here. This is not for you. You this didn't is for choose me. to be right. here. She so chose to, to get be out. there. Right. Whereas Gemma Chan, who is married to the leader, and you see in her head that there's something up. There's other stuff going on there. That how much? How much does she know? Was she in on it from the beginning? Is she uh, a co-conspirator or? Was she in on it, and then as things went on, decided this is wrong? Go around the room. I think more of her realization, she suspected stuff was up, but I think her realization came at dinner. Jimmy? I also think the realization, I think she may have known that this is a false world, Um, but I think it slowly dawned on her that not everybody there was there of their own free will. Mm Mm-hmm. And then she has misgivings. I thought she was with it the whole time. Her and Chris Pine's character—they were the—they were the conspirators of this of the movement, if you will, the victory yep. movement. And that she had just had enough of his male leadership. Hmm. That's what—that's how I took it. the king. I—that's I—that's how I took it. I, uh, I, they were good. Case could be made for that. That's, oh yeah, that's, I think there's you, a you case did. for it because we don't know, and that's the whole point. Of but again, I'd it. love to go back and see it again, and with that lens, yep. and be like, okay, this is a telltale sign of what you said or whatever. Yeah. But that's how I assumed it uh, since we brought this up, or I mean, since I left the theater to now bringing it up, was that she just knew the whole time she was just the queen in this royalty, and she was just like, enough's enough. You're screwing up. I'm gonna take care of it. You make a good case. Uh, the movie is about control, ultimately, 
and uh, everybody involved either realizing uh, that they're in control and they can't control or somebody who didn't know they were being controlled and then is trying to do something about it. Uh, whether it be, uh, you know, the the other neighbor who was taking pills and trying to just do whatever she could to, you know, escape. I think it could have been a little shorter. I think it dragged at, mo- at times. Interesting. Uh, I also felt like this has been done a lot. This virtual reality, we're not really here. It did have a Stepford Wives easy comparison uh, I also felt uh, a comparison to WandaVision. Like, that was just a little while ago that we experienced WandaVision, which she creates a non-real world to be with her kids, which is Olivia Wilde's character uh, in this movie. Uh, and I think about three or four Black Mirror episodes also gave us kind of the same story. So I'm okay with that story, that that narrative, like this is a device to tell a story, but uh, when the reveal came and it was guys who had been kind of drawn into this, you know, cult Chris Pine character, you know, who was talking to them, uh, you know, every day and filling their heads with this brainwashing thing about control and we'll have a better society. It was a letdown for me, dog. It just uh, I thought, oh, we need to you know, this should have been a much cooler surprise, a much better surprise. Um, that's fair. I was I a little, I was let down. So I will agree with you to a point before we give our scores. I'll, give, I'll agree with you to a point. But at the same time, I appreciated how, what the twist was. I liked how it was done. I liked how it was executed. I liked how the plot said, okay, this guy who's trying to save his relationship with this woman that he loves and adores, and she has no time for him because of her job. And she's she's always like, I'm tired. I've worked a thirty hour shift. Hold on, pause. Does he actually love and adore her though? If he's willing to kidnap her, he thinks he does. That's what I'm okay. saying. The character, I would say, obsessed more. <laughs> well, fine, but I'm saying, but the character believes he does. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. Uh, I, yeah. And and I also think, uh, is it love? Is it, is my question on that? I, I, I don't get literal about it. No. But well, no. I'm, that's why I want to make sure to our listeners that feels that way. Right. Because he's out. He's so much in a dark place. He's desperate. He's desperate to have time with her to, to save the relationship. Or he's not comfortable being in the less powerful position. That she basically had control in their relationship because of her duty to because work. She was she employed. Loved, yeah, that she loved working those crazy <laughs> and she hours. Loved working. You're right. And <clears throat> uh, and and he's just kind of left in the dust. He's. I mean, as far as we know from watching this movie, he didn't he mean to do steal anything. that. I just want to point that out. That no, I, I didn't, just didn't feel that it was lo- true love. No. Well, right. Uh, so, of course right. it's not. But I'm saying the character believes that. The character believes he's doing the right thing. Which he's then, trying to save this woman who's always complaining about working too much. Mm-hmm. He's trying to give her... Which explains the emotion in the car when she has to be reset as well. Yes, for sure. Yeah. 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 But let's go and get our scores for Don't Worry, Darling. Let's start with Justin Bradford. All right. Um, based on all my descriptions, cinematography, sound, things like that, that's what is boosting it for me is, is the editing... The way the film was created, Florence Pugh, that's what I am basing my score off of and what is boosting my score. I'm giving it a seven. Okay. Overall, again, not fully great. It's good. It was entertaining to me. I I, I don't even necessarily call it a full twist. It's just an explanation of the world that we're seeing mm-hmm. more than anything else because we saw right from the beginning that things were going wrong. So that's why for me, I, the twist of anything is like how 
they got to that. Um, so yeah, a seven for me. I think it was an overall a solid film. I enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoyed discussing it. It is one of those films that I enjoyed discussing because there's so much left untold that allows us to have a platform to discuss it because we're not all going to agree on it. And that's what I like. Jeremy K. Gover, your score for Don't Worry Darling. I found that Don't Worry Darling was a hybrid between Stepford Wives and the 2009 Bruce Willis film Surrogates, but more enjoyable. And I thought it was uh, <laughs> the performances were great. Again, the story was fine. It's not a genre I typically seek out right. and enjoy. And so, I, but I really did like this one. Again, Florence Pugh, in my opinion, is an Oscar nom- that was an Oscar nomination performance. Tusu Beidou from The Woman King is my, is my best actress winner. She's going to be very hard to unseat. <laughs> right. uh, but Florence Pugh, I think, should be nominated. Overall, and again, I said I wanted to see it with my wife, but I'd say overall, I give it a seven, which is a solid seven. Holy I crap. think it's, ab- yeah, it's, it's above average, yeah. but it's not a great film. But I definitely would uh, would recommend it for if you if you're into psychological thrillers, I think you'll really like it. I had a very difficult time giving this score because uh, I think it was relatively well directed by Olivia Wilde. Like I did have a few misgivings at the length and pace of it sometimes, but you know, all all in all, pretty decent production design on this was amazing. Uh, I loved their attention to detail. I loved the cinematography. Obviously, the performances. There's, I didn't find a bad performance in the bunch. I think everybody did terrific. I think Harry Styles played it great. I love how he's building his uh, film career. Florence Pugh, I've loved for a long time. And everybody else, I think, just did exactly what this movie you know, needed them to do. So the really good performances and casting. My problem with the reveal of what it actually was, I just thought it was weak. So I am going to lay it into Katie Silberman, who wrote the movie. Uh, I don't, that's the only person I think I can fault on this one. But it was enough of a letdown that despite all those really good things, I'm still giving this movie a five. Wow, okay. I don't think it satisfied it built it built and built and built and didn't pay off enough for me so i'm going to give it uh, that kind of medium score all right now it's time for our question of the week this one came from mr jim over here and i was really looking forward to this because there are so many films that have these and it makes the audience go or one of the two things sometimes but it adds so much to a story when a great twist happens so jim your question yeah name some surprise endings that you loved or maybe you hated it (laughs) because it can make or break a movie even a movie that's just okay can become unbelievable that's true once the twist or surprise is revealed so let's let uh, Justin Bradford start us off on this one. This may be a surprise, or maybe a. Uh, of course, you're going to pick that one, which I think there's plenty out there that could be that. But sure. mine's Coco. Coco. Oh. Coco. Throughout the majority of the first half of the film, especially, you are thinking that uh, De La Cruz, Ernesto De La Cruz, is Miguel's great-great-grandfather. Based on the way they're trying to connect things, the musical connection, he can play guitar, all the stuff you're glorifying, Ernesto De La Cruz and everything he did for music. And then it turns out that he's the villain. He's the villain that poisoned Miguel's true great-great-grandfather. 
and it twists the entire story to make you feel even that much more and more sorry for what has gone on for the entire family with with have, knowing that this decimated generations multiple generations that music was such a huge part of a family but because the great-great-grandfather was poisoned and murdered thinking that he just abandoned the family changes everything and i think it draws sure. draws you in more because it's still building it up until the moment where it just clicks where he gets tossed into that pit and everything too, yeah. and it changes the entire way of the film and there's a certain joy in finding out that somebody you thought either was great is a villain mm-hmm. or was a villain is actually a good guy. Uh, we can use Snape in the Harry Potter oh, universe, totally. you know, mm-hmm. as a as a good example of the other way, uh, where you find out, oh, you know, actually he was an inside guy. He was doing what he could to help the cause. But uh, but nice ending. I like that pick. Thank you, thank you, Coco. Is, I mean, especially this time of year, as we are getting closer to Day of the Dead. It, it, I love this film. The music, the color, everything of that, but that twist, too, just draws you in. And it's another one of those Pixar greats yeah. that just makes you appreciate the work they do in their storytelling. And it's you've good. mentioned Coco quite have, a few times on this show. It's one of my top yeah. Pixar movies as well. Yeah. So Impactful. I just love it. I love it so much. Jeremy K. Gover. Well, I would love to have a more creative answer for you guys on this one. And I do have some great honorable <laughs> mentions. But and if it's the same as mine, I'm curious. I just go it. in together, I, but I doubt it go is. ahead. Uh, I, I had to pick Rogue One because ah. the Princess Leia ending. I, I'm a diehard Star Wars fan. I've loved Star Wars my whole life, as we've talked about many times on this show. And going into the film, I almost didn't realize that it was a handoff to... A directly, hope. a direct yeah. handoff to a new hope. Right. I just figured, okay, this is moment. Disney's first, like, you know, non Skywalker saga, you know, film and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, it's going to be a, a standalone thing. And I really liked Diego Luna's character. I yeah. loved K2SO. The Jen Erso character was outstanding. It, it saw Guerrero's camp. It was, it was all great. But I still was not. Like, I'm going to watch this 15,000 times. It was more like, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I'm seeing it. It's on the big screen. It's really cool. I may go see it back again, but it's okay. Yeah. And then that last 15 minutes, Oof. my mouth fell open. I think it stayed open my entire drive home. <laughs> and I got home, and I just could not believe what I'd seen. Now now I go back and watch it, and I go, okay, CGI could be better. It was, you know, there's a little, there's nitpicky right. things in it. But I didn't see it coming until the... Uh, the blockade runner, I'm sorry, I was being chased by the Imperial ship, and then I put it all together like, oh, my God, this is like right before. So sure. then they show Princess Leia, and she looks wonderful, again, on, on first viewing. It's just like, oh, yeah. my God, that's what I remember when she, I was a young kid. She's young again. Yeah. yeah. And it was just, that was unbelievable. So it wasn't really a plot twist per se, but it was just the the, the it last was a 15 reveal, minutes. Yeah, which but, can be a yeah. plot twist. No, sure. sure. Reveal, yeah. Sure, but the last 15, well, okay, like another... Well, I don't want to ruin yours, so I won't say it yet. But I'll just say that uh, the, the the ending left an impact on me, and so that's my number one. Because it never set up. We knew that it takes place between episode three and episode four, but we didn't know how close to we didn't know it was, yeah, really directly. Was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you could literally watch like that, that movie and then immediately start the next one, and, and you'd bam. be seeing this. Yeah, it was and, and, outstanding. And, and I would say uh, that reveal made me appreciate A New Hope, which is one of my top films of all time mm-hmm. for me as mm-hmm. far as just near and dear to my heart because you know it's sort of a toss off line in you know a new hope that oh people died to get you this information for sure right, right? but that's all they mention of it and then it dawns on you oh my god 
these are the people that gave it all that got the Death Star plans to begin the Star Wars universe as we know it. Really and I, cool. And I, and I would also say that I think that's what we're going to end up, I, I have no knowledge, but I'm assuming that's what we're going to see something similar in the Disney Plus series and or right now. Yeah. We're going to see even more, like just more uh, foundation of the rebellion right. in that mm-hmm. show, just like Rogue One made me feel. Again, maybe not during it, but certainly after it was over on my drive home, I realized, oh, that's what everyone went through in A New Hope to get them these plans. Just everything you just said. So I think it's going to be a similar sensation once Andor is over. Right. So Rogue One's mine. Very neat. I like your choice. Uh, This is Jim, and I'll let you guys guess. I see dead people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, great twist. M. Night Shyamalan, I know, has been uh, somewhat mocked since then uh, for like, oh, he's got a twist in every movie and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But like, you, you know, that movie with, with Bruce Willis and Haley Joel Osment was an amazing film, right? You're, you're scared. You're intrigued. You're, you're trying to figure out what's going on. The acting is phenomenal. Tony Collette's in it. And, and you're just going, wow, this is incredible. And then when you realize the cliche, he was dead the whole time, Mm -hmm. it becomes a completely different movie. Mm -hmm. And a movie that you go, oh, now I have to go back and watch it with the knowledge that I got from that twist. So, I mean, they do go back and walk you through during the movie a few things where you saw he and his wife talking for dinner, uh, you know, and you thought one thing, but now you're seeing it with a different lens. That movie is just, uh, you know, something I think should be marveled at as far as like one of the greatest movie twists of all time. But the be- one of the best parts about that movie, though, is it's a good, solid movie before the twist. Yes. It's not like it relies on the twist to then be good, which I think a lot of movie makers since since that movie came out i think a lot of them were like well we're gonna we're gonna knock their socks off with this twist and then they just don't put the time and effort into developing the rest of the story yeah they're just counting on you on the twist on the twist itself everything which is not the sixth sense is the opposite of that it's a great movie until then and then you get the twist and then it makes it a whole different kind of movie but right. it was enjoyable until then. It you weren't waiting an hour 15 or hour 30 for this It twist. completely changes your perspective. Yes. Like other movies, for instance, if you've seen Last Christmas, it's a rom-com. Yeah. But yeah. that one is a twist, similar but different, because it feels like she's having this relationship with a stranger, but it's because she has his literal heart. She's yeah. a recipient of a heart transplant. Mm-hmm. That's the connection that she's always going to have. And then when you go back, you're thinking... Well, that's right. He never interacted with other people around. He was just there, but through her, same or with the others. Yes, which is much darker. The others, version. the others was good too. That's uh, on my list. Well, yeah, actually. yeah, yeah was for sure. Much darker version because Nicole kid, you know, just yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, her own children. Uh, but similar, similar things like that. Those twists help you have a full different perspective on the film, which is fantastic because it gets you talking about it too. But sure. the others, for a great example, is an example of what I was just talking about. I didn't. I wasn't enjoying that film. It was average. It was all right. Until the twist. And then I was like, all right. So, But I had to wait an hour 45 or an hour and a half to get there. Right. That's not what Sixth Sense was. Yeah. Sixth Sense, I will, I will compare to a, a great meal at a fantastic yeah. restaurant. Ooh, that's that good. You didn't need that flaming dessert 
to top the night off at the end. Mm. It was so good throughout. You know, the service was good. The food was great. You're having a great conversation. And then the special dessert comes out that allows you to enjoy it to another level. That To me, that's the best way to have a surprise ending. You've earned it all the way through, yeah. and then you just gave us a bonus. That's right. We want to go around and knock out some yeah, well, honorable mentions. Honorable mentions, yeah. Go ahead, uh, Justin Bradford. Okay, so first one is Interstellar in terms of the twist that the ghost Ooh. was actually Matthew McConaughey's character in a time warp in the fourth dimension communicating with his daughter in the past. So Very cool. Nice twist there. Other, Obviously, Empire Strikes Back. Sure. Great honorable mention right there. Go over. Uh, I have The Usual Suspects on my list. Good one. one. of my favorite movies of all time. I had a buddy of mine, I had a film student buddy of mine, that said that he hated that movie because it's how they presented it. So the way they presented it okay. left the audience no chance to guess the twist, and therefore it's not real. Then it's all smoke and mirrors, which is what his, yeah. well, that's what his, uh, I his, see. his uh, stance was. Swordfish. And then my last one's Empire Strikes Back, Sixth Sense, like you said. Shutter Island. Oh, yeah. Very interesting. Atonement. Yeah. One of the best scores I've ever seen, by the way. That was for you. Bradford. Seen. What, looked at the score? It was on the screen. <laughs> oh, okay. And therefore... <laughs> I, know. I was trying to come up with a way to actually negate that, but I can't do it. Okay. Black Swan and Memento. Those are mine. Very interesting. There, there's a theme running through there, psychologically, of those ones that you picked out. Yeah, we're going to call some people for yeah, you. That's fine. Yeah, it's good. That's good. Uh, I'm going to throw out simple. A, a dishonorable <laughs> mention. A oh, dishonorable mention. Uh, <laughs> okay. But, but perhaps it's probably because it is a great one, but uh, I am okay with something being ambiguous, or if it goes the wrong way for mm-hmm. you know what you thought as protagonist. But <laughs> I'm going to go with the movie version of Stephen King's The Mist. So uh, it's a short story from Stephen King. I don't know, I read it a long time ago. Uh, it was in a book of a bunch of other short stories about a bunch of people that get trapped like in a grocery store and this mist rolls in and there's creatures, there's monsters, horrible things happening and they're kind of holding up in this grocery store. And what you learn is that there is some kind of secret government facilities nearby, and maybe these things have gotten loose, and the monsters of this movie are are awful. It's horrible. You don't want anything to happen to you that these monsters do. Okay. And so they finally decide to make a run for it, as most movies do where somebody's holed up, right? The main characters, and it kind of looks like a, it's a family, but it's a make-good family of, of survivors. So there's a, the guy, and he's driving the car, and there's a woman who could be his, you know, mate, and there's an older guy, and there's a child, and uh, the mist is coming in. The car dies. The horrible noise is coming towards them, and he knows that we're all going to be victims. And so he makes this heartbreaking, awful decision, the worst of all decisions. He shoots the people in the car to spare them what's coming. And he goes to shoot himself. There's no bullets left in the gun. Mm. The noise is getting closer. The fog is getting murkier. He opens the car door, stands out on the road, and he's just screaming like, Kill me, I'm the worst of everybody because of what I just did. And it's the army. They were there to save them. If he had waited maybe a minute or two longer, they all would be alive. I'm intrigued by this. Oh, that's a 
rough surprise. I'll ending. bet. Rough. You go through all the emotions he did. Yeah. And the decision making you could see was going through his head of, I have to do this horrible thing for mm. them. And it was the wrong call. <laughs> Brutal. Thanks for that, Jim. <laughs> Thank you so much. Have a great weekend, everybody. Does everybody feel all warm and fuzzy? <laughs> yeah. Let's go sit on the play mat and have story time. So this has been a fun episode. We've been talking about uh, Don't Worry Darling, uh, uh, all the scandals that went with it, what we thought of the film, and we also talked about some of the movies that we loved the surprise endings for, the su- surprise reveals. We'd love to get your feedback on those. Truly, let's make this uh, a group chat and uh, and hit us up on the socials. Untitled Film Project Podcast, wherever you want to find us or hit us up on Linktree. Find links to every single one of our social mediums as well as where you can subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a great review, too. Thank you for listening to the Untitled Film Project Podcast. To support the show, please rate, review, follow, and subscribe. Original music by Jeremy Schwartz. Special thanks to the Music City Film Critics Association. Editing and post-production by Jeremy K. Gover. Voiceover by Chad Bennett. The Untitled Film Project podcast is presented in cooperation with iHeartRadio.